Hello out there, this is Illiterate. My name is Evan. My name is Taylor. I read a lot this week. <laughs> I watched a movie. This week we're doing something a little different. We are covering Living in Bondage, Breaking Free. Usually we're going week to week. What's coming out? What are people talking about? But we stumbled upon something. This is probably in my top 10 of subjects I am most illiterate about. I don't know anything <laughs> about the Nigerian film market and film culture. Nollywood, as it's called. Now, I, you know, Bollywood is something that more, you know, is a little bit more name recognizable, an equivalent. Nollywood, Nigeria. And mm -hmm. we were just, we just stumbled upon this this week. And we thought, <laughs> this is fascinating. This is worth doing an episode about. And we wanted to see what the interest is out there. So this is mostly the film history, the cinema, how it relates to adaptations. We will not be delving too much into yeah this isn't like nigerian like the history of the country and that this is far that's beyond our scope um <laughs> right. so we're really sticking to what is the nollywood phenomenon and how big is it mm -hmm. really because I, I i really have never considered it before and something potentially in the next you know two five ten years do not sleep on nigeria this may be massive as yeah. it relates to the reason I, I mean it are it already is it already is we're just not privy to it because we don't live in africa 100 percent. the reason i said i guessed it immediately was i saw it was on netflix immediately i go oh the the, the recent one the one that we've mm -hmm. covered today which will will give some context out of, of why we've chosen this film it's not brand new as of this year but it did come out in 2019 but it's yeah. on netflix i saw the value in that immediately uh and it's the perfect window into this subject so I saw one of the Nollywood directors was saying, in Nollywood, you don't waste time. Mm. It's not the technical depth that has made our film so popular. It's because of the story. We tell African stories. And so we'll get that. into the tone and the genre and how it's made and all this stuff, because it does get, if you're not aware of it, some guff for the quality right. cinematically. But... It all makes sense, hopefully. I, 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 got, as we, I got used as we to it as it. the film was going on, and I'm so glad to hear that quote because that was how I felt. It's two and a half hours, and man, it is jam-packed, yeah. and there is something to be said about that kind of storytelling and the, the speed, the pace at which mm -hmm. this is done. So hearing that up front, that's a really good way to go into it, actually, because <laughs> that, that kind of yeah. cuts through, you know? <laughs> and just as a barometer here for also talking about fast pace, impact, all of that stuff... It's as ubiquitous getting a movie. The big thing there, which we'll get into, is DVDs mm. being sold and mm. piracy and all that whatnot. But it's like if you're in a big city and there's a traffic jam on the street, it's like selling fruit or flowers or whatever. <laughs> People it. will come up to the cars with DVDs. It's that much of a commodity in Nigeria. So just a little bit about Nigeria for some of the context to the film scene. In a 2011 study they were rated the happiest people in the world. Mm. I don't know how they do the study, but optimism scale, 70 points they scored. The United Kingdom, who was doing this study, those people only scored 44. I want to know more about quantifying happiness, but that's besides yeah. the point. <laughs> well, so some of that, what was interesting is, and you know, if you're Nigerian, reach out to us, please. please. You know, if you can speak to this as a as a part of the cultural zeitgeist. But there School is school us, and we'll read it on the show. <laughs> yeah, there is a huge spirit of entrepreneurship. So most Nigerian people would be bewildered if you admit that you have some sort of a lack of ambition, mm -hmm. and that is scientifically like working towards happiness makes you happy. Mm -hmm. There is a aspirational quality to optimism. And that is embedded in the culture. I saw a quote from a Nigerian journalist 
that she said her father always said this Yoruba saying, which is one of the languages spoken, and it basically translates to, if a Friday is to be sweet, you'll know by Thursday. Hmm. So like seeing what Friday holds ahead of the time. But if you're excited about Friday, it's probably going to be good. I so I think that that, that it's also like a spiritual mood board of like what you want to manifest in the in, in the ether. Yeah. So there, there was speaking to you're talking about the study stuff. There was another study that's the happiness index, which accounts for other things like life expectancy, mm-hmm. GDP, civil rights, corruption. And in the world, Nigeria is 78th on that metric. Okay. So I just thought that was kind of interesting as it applies to some of the topics that are being made in these films and how, like we talked about the distinctly African stories, this is where these people are coming from with this stuff. So second thing is the size and the scope we have to understand about Nigeria and then their film industry. Right. So in Nigeria, 214 million population So one in every six people in Africa is Nigerian, to put that into context. And then if you look at the whole world, the percentage would be one in every 40. Wow. Okay. And then in terms of the film industry, it's second only to agriculture in terms of employment. Oh, that's fascinating. That's huge. It is the that's wild. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's the third most valuable film industry outside of the U.S., and Bollywood, but it is the oh, wow. second in terms of output, two and a half thousand films a year. This is what this is why we're doing this is because this is yeah. already <laughs> so big and we're totally blind to it. And so if it's re- up there, top five, baby, it, we deserve to be talking about it and knowing about it and should be seeing it as for what it is. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> wow, yeah. this is this that, is amazing. Lagos, the capital, uh, is mostly where it's done, but God, the. Ratio for that is 50 films a week. Oh, my gosh. So I'm going to say, eat that Hallmark channel. Yeah. We covered them. They're doing like 50 a year. and thought We thought that was crazy. No way. Um, Yeah, so it's so young, too, because we'll get into the history of it. But really, this output starts in the 90s. So a little over 20 years is when this started. But they have produced more movies than America has in the last 100. Whoa. So I know it's all numbers stuff. Yeah. Insane scope of the amount of people and the amount of films they're making and the amount of money that they're making. Oh my gosh. The thing is, it's by no means homogenous. So 500 different ethnic groups, 600 different local languages. Mm-hmm. English is the primary one. So I was, I was a, very curious about yeah. that because primarily the film is in English and I didn't know what to expect. It goes in and out, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, it, and I didn't know if that was natural or if it was if it was forced because it opens up to a bigger market, I have no, I, no, no that no, was a question yeah. I, that I was, I was asking myself watching it. Yeah. Most of the films from Lagos are mostly in English Fascinating. or depending on what area of the country you are. Like I said, Yoruba is a language that is also mm-hmm. prominently featured in the West, but yes, mostly English. So that kind of takes us back to the origins of this at least in recent history, Nigeria was under British rule, which is why it's English. It's not Francophone, where a lot of the colonization imperialism happened from France. Uh-huh. But Nigeria is different in that they were under British rule from 1901 to 1960. And then the independence movement from there led to self-government. Okay. So the first kind of Nigerian cinema era would be the colonial era. And this is from the 1920s onward. Every film made was purely foreign made by white British men. Gotcha, okay. But the local influence is theater actors 
and specifically from the region of Yoruba, hmm. traveling groups emerging in the 30s and 40s doing more traditional Nigerian stories, but in okay. the theater context. So that keep that in mind. As we go into the 60s, independence leads to Nigerian productions. There's also an oil boom in the 70s, which contributes Sick. to foreign investments, disposable income. This is the golden age. And this okay. is where the adaptation part comes in, because remember the theater people. So they're adapting novels and plays and gotcha. things like that. Yeah. yeah. Narrative issues of the time. There is a so famous. It's a, it's, it's a bit less original work and more of an adaptation, actually, really, you know, okay, here's this material. Let's make mm -hmm. it this way. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, like I said, a lot of the theater actors from the traveling groups are then being put on to film. How much fun? In this time oh period of the 70s. And then even in the works, this famous author, Wole Soyinka, who actually won the Nobel Prize in Literature in 86, Whoa. which is the big one for your whole body yeah. of work. He's the first sub-Saharan African That's writer awesome. to get yeah. that. One of his novels was adapted at this time. It's called Kongi's Harvest. Okay. And it involves all the you know issues of the time, political, colonial, the history most recently mm -hmm. of their past. So a decline happens in the 80s, a couple of reasons. Increased television usage, so now more houses are having television oh, yeah, okay. versus going to the cinema. Lack of financial support, as well as here comes a lot of the government problems, which I can't speak to all of them, but right. unrest amongst everyone. So here we come to where you can speak more to the thing you saw was a sequel yes. of what's going on now, which is the 90s and it's the video age. People stop attending theaters. Theaters are closing. You don't want to go to them at night. Ooh, you know, yeah, it's scary. The state TV can't pay anybody. The currency is tanking. You can't import movies either. What do you do? We have televisions. VCRs are coming right. in. It's different from the 70s and the golden age. The lack of adaptation is what's interesting. They're telling Nigerian stories about mm. Nigerian people. Okay. Everyday life. It's about things that they're really starting to, you know, it's no longer about getting on your feet as, you know, OK, we're making movies. It's now Nigerian stories for real. What is special mm -hmm. about it in this culture? That's really interesting to see it move through waves like through the 60s, yeah. 70s into the 80s and kind of questioning for a second and then stepping out into really defining, you know, what Nollywood would come to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so that some of the thematic stuff is the storytelling tensions between individual and extended families, mm. urban and village life. And then a, another huge one is Christianity mm -hmm. and traditional religions. Those are all the themes that are coming through. But again, it's like in this time frame, it has a lot to do with how people think perhaps it's overacted or there's some sort of cheesiness right. to it. But I, I saw an interview with one of the actors and he was saying like, that's just the expressive Nigerian way of being like yeah. most Nigerians are very expressive. And also for the context of it, it's like you want escapism, you want yeah. soap opera, melodrama. And if you're more focused on on the story and telling a you know an authentic Nigerian story, something that's going to stand out, then you're you can watch it. Can't, you know, like I I totally <laughs> yeah. I get it. Like I, I totally get it. So we're approaching the we're into the early '90s here. So Living in Bondage, the original yeah. film, um, mm -hmm. released in two parts. I'm seeing, yeah. which is really interesting. So that now we're in the video age. This is a straight to video movie in '92 yeah. and '93. Here's what happens with it. So. There is an electronics merchant, Kenneth Nanubu, hmm. turned director because he had too many tapes to sell. Yeah, don't we all? 
It's a purely <laughs> business situation, but it's kind of interesting because it's about a man who's haunted by his wife, who is a ghost, who he uh, sacrifices yeah. to a okay. cult. It's the classic That's folk story of a man selling his soul for wealth. Right. All the typical elements, marital discord, greed, conflict of Christianity and the occult, you know, all the stuff that I mentioned, the hallmarks of Nigerian mm -hmm. cinema. But what it makes it explode is now we have these digital systems, digital cameras, cheap VHSs, hugely popular locally. And you get, and I, you can see yourself getting this technology in the '90s. You know, are you going to be worried about how it sounds and how it looks? Are you going to be worried about telling a story that stands out? Or first of all, selling these empty VHSs? Oh yeah, have. for sure, for sure <laughs> that. But I'm just talking about the, you know, the way that this. What what they're talking about this the quality yeah. and, and 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 then now it being more accessible it being on videotape mm -hmm. VCR people have cameras in there and it's not just on film and having no to have a studio develops yeah. exactly um, mm -hmm. so I could see the uh, you know the rush to want to tell your story as fast as possible it's also all of that and then at the very top the cultural stuff combined with the industriousness ambitiousness optimism hell yeah as a culture so <laughs> boom 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 we're all into the 90s now and this is the video era so financing stuff you mentioned it's low thirty thousand dollar budget is even on the higher end Lord. you know 15 to twenty thousand and one to three months shooting for nine days wow to 12 yeah. days yeah. post-production two three months a lot of it improvised there was a a director that I saw in an interview, he was saying, in Nigeria, we do not count walls. We figure out ways to climb over them mm. because it is so difficult. Also, these yeah. are not easy yeah. sets where you're just on a soundstage, tropical downpours, power outages, actors are later missing. <gasps> you know, just sound is like, <laughs> like I was watching a documentary and just somebody's cutting trees down and they're like, can we get them <laughs> to stop for two minutes, please? <laughs> Or a mosque is broadcasting prayers all day. And oh, it's yeah. like, well, we can't film today because we didn't know this was going to happen. You know, all that stuff. There, there was a director even that was shocked to learn that American directors have been working for years to make one movie. Wow. That's just, yeah, yeah. That's just not in the culture at all or in the way <laughs> that these things are made. That's not how it works. So there was an actress I saw. She's famous now. Anyi Okerafor, and she is 23, but has already appeared in almost two dozen films. Wow, oh my God. Because you're cranking out 50 yeah, a week buddy. on the industry as a whole. But then because of the low budget, the actors are only paid, you know, 1,000 to 3,000 per film. Well, you know, there's the pluses and the minuses. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. there's a bunch of them. But so, I mean, you're making, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, that's, that's. <laughs> Why does it always seem like it's that equal scale? It's like, well, you can be in a lot of them, but you're not going to get paid much. You know, I don't know. This. Yeah. Well, what's interesting, like you said, the pluses and minuses. I found this super fascinating. The pluses of this, different from Hollywood, mm -hmm. the producers are often women make a great income. Hmm. And here's the reason behind that. So I saw an interview with a producer Shioma Ude, and she also runs the African International Film Festival, okay. which is the largest film festival in all of Africa. Her wow. take, she was saying in this time of instability, men were busy scrambling for positions in government, power, all of that stuff. Uh -huh. And the women said, how do we do trade, film, fashion, everything else that's cultural? And so by the time the men looked up, we owned the whole sector. Wow. Like literally owned the whole sector. Late to the party. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In 2014, there is a Nigerian businesswoman, Folarunso Alakicha, and she unseated Oprah as the richest woman of African descent in Whoa. the world. What? She's 
worth over $3 billion. When did that happen? 2014. Wow. Oprah got it back, but for a time she was (laughs) nice, but got like fashion, oil, real estate, printing, all of this stuff. A lot in Nigeria in relation to other industries is owned by women. So a lot of film producers, film festival, like all that stuff is women. Put them in a head-to-head match in a cage fight. Let them... Um, it's I I didn't know anything about that as it relates to Nigerian cinema. Not at all. Was super interesting to me that that's also a facet of the production. Yeah, and some of that the producers are also the distributors. So this is why there's a lot of films coming out is because of that DVD, what once was VHS distribution model. There's hardly any cinemas. Nothing's open. Everybody's got TVs. Mm-hmm. The DVDs sell for a dollar or two on the street, mm-hmm. and so it's only a two week shelf life before pirates get a hold of it, right. blow up the supply. Right. So you have to make so many every week. You just move on so to the next one. And it's more like, new stuff. Yeah. Because the World Bank estimated for every legitimate copy, nine are pirated. Wow. So it's a one to nine ratio of, of getting them out there. It's fascinating in, through in different cultures, their appetite for going after you know, piracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know in this country, they definitely crack down on it. But it's so I've always, you know, it's like I've heard of like people's ba- parents going on business trips to China and just coming back with all sorts of just, you know, just like dollar DVDs yeah. that were like video cam quartered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always fascinating to me why these cultures feel or don't feel the recourse to go after their copyright. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, yeah, yeah. I just think this is really interesting and in that they, they're just like, nope, got let's just move on to the next one. Get what we can get out of it. Move on to the next one. You know, mm-hmm. some of it started as Nigerian state funding given to distributors. Like I said, it's hmm. the second industry in the country outside of agriculture right. or more people involved in it. So Gosh. they also gave that funding because they believe it raises levels of literacy. Hmm. Now you have media out there or if you're trying to espouse certain cultural values or I'm not sure exactly what the case may be, but it is also extremely difficult to police any of that. Yes, it is. It and is, I think it our, is now our country kind of like found that out after. A while. <laughs> yeah, it is extremely ingrained into the culture of it. But this is the nature of now. It's just a vicious cycle of making the DVDs, making the movies fast enough, cheap enough. Right. We so got at least to a point where you can't just out. like stand out on the street off the side of the highway and like trying to sell, you know, Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> most of the time. But, but it's interesting so, but, uh, because you know, it, it, and I, I'm not saying this is a good or bad thing, but it's just it's. An, I've always thought it to be so interesting how different cultures handle this. Mm-hmm. So I had to look into this a little, remembering money and saying Spider-Man on the street. The first American movies exploded with the Nickelodeon, five mm-hmm. cents for the working class to go see. Mm-hmm. There's a guy who his name is forgotten, but his work is not Carl Lemley. He started his own theater after seeing this, realizing, Mm. oh, cheap, quick, a lot. You know, (laughs) this is what Nigerian cinema is doing. Remember, they've only been doing this since the 90s. This is happening in the 1900s in America at the very beginning. So he also starts, he realizes, oh, like the VHS guy, it's the the stuff, what it's put on (laughs) that is actually making the money. So he starts his own film distribution service, making film for these theaters. It's called the Universal Film Manufacturing Company. Mm. And then he starts producing his own content and then it becomes Universal Pictures. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) So speaking to, again, the piracy, this isn't particularly piracy 
But the actual film stock, the projection, all of that stuff is what's gold yeah. early on. Yeah. So Lemley was in 289 lawsuits with Thomas Edison oh because he held the patents on these movie cameras and projectors. Yeah. Lemley organizes a group of producers who, as they're embroiled in all these lawsuits, go out to California to get away from Edison in New Jersey and New York. Oh, my God. And this is way back yep, in 1915. Yep, 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 yep. And, then, <laughs> and then he wins the lawsuits. Lottie Da Hollywood is starting to get up and running. This is right. the history. You know what I mean? It's like absolutely it's following the function in the same way. What's different is, you know, we have Netflix. We have these things. There isn't, I guess, what you would say, Africa's version of Netflix called iRoco TV uh -huh. that is kind of supplanting VHS and DVD pirating in a way. OK, yeah. And in a way similar to Netflix, they're giving support to producers because then they have the content on their streaming platform. And the technology has only become more ubiquitous. The access to the equipment to make a film since the <laughs> 1990s at exploding and that be, that overtaking their distribution, basically, um, it's only gotten bigger. It's only gotten easier. I mean, we know how yeah. easy it is to, you know, make a movie. <laughs> well, on now there's social media. Days, so. Yeah, there's, uh, yeah, the editing, everything. Now we go into the new wave, which is the sequel to... The Living in Bondage, you right. saw. I saw the sequel, the new one that is on Netflix. <laughs> and I, yeah. I yes, and so I, I watched it. They got the it, rights to it. I watched it cold. Mm -hmm. uh, and I wasn't ready for the supernatural elements, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, that, that was, uh, woo! <laughs> but now if you've listened to our episode, you should know, well, it is a lot, the clash between Christianity and traditional religion and all that stuff. Some of the new waves, so like you're saying, they're pulling from these classic Nigerian cinema thematics what is different is making it a bit more accessible to a non-African audience, mm -hmm. more cinematic, more cosmopolitan as mm -hmm. well. There's less moralism than the old ones. Okay. And then the, the budget, two hundred and fifty to seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, ten times more right. than what you know, so even something 20 times like more. this film, which I, I see a budget of ten million estimated, that would be a massive budget out there, right? Yeah, this one, that one is huge. Yeah, yeah. because it's the, the sequel of the biggest one that got this all going, and so you yeah. give it as much as you want to give it. Just in context, this film had all the resources in comparison <laughs> to your run-of-the-mill Nollywood film. Yeah, and I'll post a link to some of them from YouTube that have been uploaded, pirated for sure. But what's interesting about the new wave? which is going the other way than I think most people are, is the original strategy of the golden age, which is what this is kind of emulating a little bit, mm -hmm. depended on theaters. And now this has returned to Nigeria with a bit more of a stable government. Like I said, I can't speak to exactly okay. what's going on, but they are working to increase cinema. So Nigeria, and this blows my mind, as a country, 214 million people, third highest film production, yeah. money-wise, second Output-wise, has 77 cinemas. What in it? What? Yeah. <laughs> How? I don't so, understand. like I said, because of <laughs> because of the lack of them in the 80s, people not yeah. going to them, them getting shut down. They didn't build the infrastructure, over. I guess. Yeah, because I'm still going. We still go to the same theaters. A lot of them, you know. I can. I think yeah. most of my typical theaters around here were probably built 25 years ago, 30 years ago at this point. If all of them had been shut down 10, 15 years ago, yep. you would not. Yep. You would not have that. And then yep. with the rise of the DVD, VHS. Sense. They just don't have the infrastructure. It just doesn't come out of nowhere. So yeah. that's fascinating. 77. There's more theaters in Los Angeles County. There's <laughs> <Right. laughs> like, what in the world? There's, like, God. There's, a, there's more of a push, I feel like, for 
people to go to theaters because again that is a huge way to avoid piracy you're guaranteeing money going to the people making the stuff yeah but that requires a lot more infrastructure and just yeah yeah a cultural shift in a way so so that's kind of an interesting we'll see where that goes yeah i mean there's huge opportunity there i mean because then when you start building things you're talking about development um, mm-hmm. You're talking about physical space, which is something that is actually waning if we're talking about like brick and mortar stores and that kind of thing. So that's interesting to see where they they might have a ton of room to expand in yeah. physical theatrical runs. That's that's really cool. That's what's exciting. And I saw in 2010, the government is not oblivious to all of this. Yeah. They put in a $200 million fund grants and whatnot to train filmmakers for infrastructure, mm-hmm. for the industry, mm-hmm. funding projects, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. They realize, oh, this is this is big. And then the, the last piece of this is its expansion outside of Nigeria, Okay, which, as we said, it's very much Nigerian stories, Nigerian ways of life. Yeah. Nigerian actors, everything there. So here we are seeing it on Netflix, but specifically Democratic Republic of Congo, Kinshasa, the mm-hmm. the capital, fashion, makeup, hairstyles. These are all being requested because they're being copied from Nigerian actresses. Yeah. There's musicians that are grumbling at the popularity of Nigerian imported music. Yeah. There was a guy who dubbing into Congolese said that the films are popular because Nigeria has succeeded in reconciling modernity and their ancient ways, mm. their culture and tradition. So that's some of the mm, growth stuff. A Tanzanian journalist I saw. Movies are very popular in Tanzania. A lot of people now speak with a Nigerian accent. Haven't you been to Nollywood. Tanzania? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the first thing I thought. I was like, what? I know he's been there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I could not discern whether people were speaking with a more Nigerian accent, but super interesting <laughs> that exporting the culture, lifestyle, everything, kind of it like in Hollywood. And there's a backlash because it's like, is this a Nigerianization Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. Africa? Isn't that fascinating where that will go as it expands? That is. So that's, oh gosh, that's kind of the big end question is like, as it's increasing in these qualities, the cinematic quality, the money, the production, the resources, the stories, everything, will that growth change the inherent Nigerianness of it? Yeah, what, you know, what kind of what kind of big players might want to get in on this playing field? Uh, you know, do, will they open themselves up and then more people get involved? And you start, you know, <laughs> the Last Samurai, Tom Cruise kind of deal. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Um, right. But, yeah, uh, it's. I am still thinking about the physical exhibition, uh, mm-hmm. the the development opportunity, uh, the, which I think incentivizes how much it takes to get together to get these things done. You get other industries involved. That's fascinating from 77 theaters. I mean, there's a ton of money to maybe make, it sounds like. If there's this output right. is that high, they are ranking top five solid battle in top three output money. It's There's a lot of opportunity here. Well, and that's what's interesting is the clash as the market expands. It's like, that's just Nigeria. But if you want to expand as anybody would with an industry exposing mm-hmm. it to other people, other stories, other whatever, yeah. it has been for the longest time solely authentic African stories, specifically Nigeria, based there, made in, in two months, right? dispersed in a way that it already is so has. so their own brand, yeah. their own style. It is such a, a full culture, a different mm-hmm. way of making movies that is very confident in itself. <laughs> yeah, the, the soap opera excitement, escapism, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all yeah, that yeah. stuff. Will the tone change? Will it 
is it even portraying Nigerian life more accurately than Hollywood portrays America? Right, <laughs> you know, like, right, right. It, That's does it, fascinating. It's a fascinating question. <laughs> yeah. So that coupled with, as it expands, continues to go into all of Africa and then everybody in the world, what commentaries is it going to make? How is it going to change? Will there be the trials and pitfalls right. of the other film industries in the world? Super crazy. This is fascinating. To see. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they didn't waste And then with a streaming. I mean, uh, yeah, seriously. I mean, check it out. This is on Netflix. There are others out there. We chose this one because it was a specific way to hearken it back to what kind of ignited the video era. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't waste a minute of this storytelling. It is fast paced. <laughs> it's bold. It's flashy. Uh, yeah. It, and that's what they're interested in. They're interested in the story of this. They could care less about some of the technical, whatever, you know, whatever. Yeah. Where's the story going? And I admire that. Man. You feel <laughs> yeah. it. I, it's palpable. It's palpable on the screen that they are. They want to chase this rabbit. And from a filmmaker's point of view, I mean, that that you got your priority at least somewhat mm-hmm. straight there. I mean, gosh, you there. I can't overstate that. Yeah, it's embedded in what Nigeria is that to me at least it, in my in my research absolutely yeah. that makes it credible that makes it legitimate off the bat whatever else out of there you're I don't know quality wise everybody has their right. own taste but that yeah. they have their priority straight they know what they're doing and it's not by mm-hmm. mistake it's this is fascinating so, <laughs> so how will yeah how will the new wave change that is the old guard going to be mad that it's will getting standards out to, rise will they yeah. will they, and then will they in the, in the chase to rise the standards to dial in that picture and sound uh, will production slow down? How what, what on <laughs> yeah. what you know on what ta- on what scale is it balancing there? That'll be really interesting to watch. If they are inclined to tighten up their technicals, will you see an effect on uh, mm-hmm. production output? How fast they can do these? Uh, that's that's really interesting. And there's so much to be done. Uh, we act like well, we'll wait and see, but it's like oh no, this is happening, happening now. Right this now. is why we're talking about this. Yeah, no, we are late to the party. This is something that's already it's it's so much bigger than you think it is. Uh, and that's why we wanted to bring it to you guys right now, because we're, we this is something that I can't believe that is pulling in these kinds of numbers. I've never even considered it before. Yeah. Uh, so thank you guys for tagging thank along you. with us today. Let us know if you know more about this or we, if there was a better one we should have done. Let us know. School us. We'll read it back on one of the episodes. We'll do an update. Yeah. Check us out at Illiterate Pod on Instagram. Uh, let us know what you're reading. Let us know what you're watching or excited for. You never know when we'll do your favorite thing as an episode. And we'll catch you next week. Thank you.